fuck it. Good evening, Dennis. Good morning, Vietnam. Good evening, Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. That should be a Step. that should be a movie. Step. Good evening, Kalamazoo. Oh well, we could play with that a minute. I'm not sure about good evening, Kalamazoo. Good something, Kalamazoo. Good riddance, Kalamazoo. <laughs> then that foretells a, a different type of a story. Or. Uh, Kalamazoo up the wazoo. No. We're just going oh, for rhyming. You're wrong, then you're immediately right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, who knows? We'll come back to that. It'll uh, come to us later. Yes. Well, uh, fantastic evening to you. I love your suspenders. Uh, yeah. They're for carpenters. They're actually uh, a... Uh, realistically marked off yardstick and what's good about them is that if your board is too short no problem well i think some of our listeners are both bored and also too short so <laughs> well i don't know the, about the idea too the, short you just lost like three of our listeners because they're insulted because they are short you know, so, short people don't like to be called short. You're right. Just like you're right. You know, big people, big tall guys don't like to be called big in, lurch. In 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 Spain, uh, the word short means uh, stupid. Oh God! Like, like like you don't. Oh God! You're, you you That's don't you don't reach like uh, you're a little bit short. Like you don't reach all the way to uh, understanding or whatever. I guess I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, it's but it's the same exact word. Yeah. So what is that word? Corto. Corto. Corto? Corto. Not as opposed to cuarto. Four. Uh, no, that would be, be cuatro. And this is what? Corto. Corto. C-O-R-T-O. Short. Corto. Corto. Yes. Corto. Uh, so, but however, being short as in height, we say bajo, which means low. So you're oh. you're not, you're, you're, if Corto, you're, bajo. if you're not very tall, then you're, then you're low. But if you're not very smart, es, then you're mi, short. Mi tiempo es corto. So, no Rodriguez. Yes, uh, time can be short, and as it often is, hopefully, as we record this. Uh, so, but your so your suspenders that are sort of like um, your suspenders that are like measuring tape, they're elastic. So you can like. It, uh, one inch yeah. can be oh well like all suspenders are yeah, yeah, yeah. of course that's how so, they suspend in fact although there are some that are cloth suspenders that don't have a stretch yeah uh versatility to them and they're annoying but when you set them the right height they do the job but the issue with pants as you know or you might know because you very seldom wear them is that your when you bend over and whatnot it's helpful for those suspenders to stretch right Otherwise, they could pop off. And there's nothing more annoying than your suspenders popping off. I had buttons put into my dress pants so that they – I didn't want to use the stupid clips. Right. But I did like suspenders because I, it's just my anatomy. I really don't have much of a waist. I go from stomach to ass. It's kind of a mm -hmm. anomaly. I'm probably more akin to some type of a crustacean rather than a human. But at any rate, because of that – You're not very wasteful, So which is good. Oh. Uh, have you lost any weight? So no. You know how you could get line. more. You could get more waste if you if you had more haste. Well, you just so wow. If you, if you could I just mean, hurry up, a I little can bit. barely keep up. I can barely. I can barely keep up. The puns are just coming, and and not a nary a chuckle is heard. But keep them coming, so they might get better. Okay. Doubt I doubt it, but 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 they might. Well, we don't want to. Let's let's stop. We don't want to discourage you. I, th I think your wardrobe has we've we've squeezed all the content out of that that we can get. So I'm dressing up as Santa this Saturday at a my daughter's uh, party that a lot of children and millennials mostly. There there's a couple of old folks like us probably. I don't know who else, but uh, because I've got my Santa beard. Which by the way, I was in the the old dog the other night 
to uh, see if I could. I wanted to listen to some music. It was uh, uh, Friday night, and, or no, 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 Saturday night. And Tom and the uh, the Blues Project, which is an interesting in and of itself, were playing. I got there. I could only be there for the first, you know, five or six tunes, first set, so to speak. But as I was listening to the music and drinking my beer, I noticed these three women in their 50s, early 60s, a little younger than me, and they were kind of staring at me, and it made me a little uncomfortable. They were like, are you saying that? Excuse me, sir. And so interesting you say that because I unzipped my sweater. Whoa. And and then what happened, was what showed was my bright red Belly. Uh, t- <laughs> I'm just so glad you said sweater when you were not to something for this for this gaggle of women. I was hot, so I unzipped my sweater. But yes, what I were. had underneath was a was a bright red T-shirt, uh-huh. a winter a winter long sleeve thermal shirt, red, bright red. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I did it, they all looked at each other and said, "Yes." He's the one. He he is Santa Claus. The best, the best Santa beard in the or the best Santa in the place. And what's interesting is that the showing of the red was what put it over the top. So anyway, this uh, party is on Saturday in the afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and so I have a a, a bright red with black kind of uh, square pattern robe that I just wear every day. As and Santa years ago, I bought a similar set of sweatpants very nice flannel but red pattern with a little black in them and so that's my santa costume with a santa hat mm-hmm. except that i'll take my big cowboy belt and wrap it around the outside of the robe and i asked my wife whether or not there was a place she knew where i could go and buy some white cloth of some kind to to pin to my cuffs mm-hmm. and my collar right as a Santa outfit, but she wasn't helpful at all. In fact, I don't think that she cared. I thought she thought that it was, it was, it was, she was sort of like, I don't know. You have to find out yourself. What do I look like here? Mrs. Claus is dropping your sartorial, your sartorial consultant. Yeah. And you know, I should have said, I said, no, I thought in the spirit of Christmas, I should have said, I thought that you'd be like Mrs. Claus. Right. But I didn't, I wasn't quick enough. So I just sulked off. Yeah. As I do, as I do like a whip puppy. Can't you have your elves handle that? Sort of well, they could go back tailoring. and like slash your tires or something. But that would be good. That's a good Christmas gift. Oh, honey, what'd you get me for Christmas? I slash your tires. Oh. I had my elf, my elf, min, my elf, elven minions go. Yes. Uh, yes. So store your car, and also I put a big dent in your fender. By the way. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Thank God she doesn't listen to this. She still hasn't seen it. <laughs> And you know, I, and I will tell you what will happen. I, I think I mentioned this: is that it, it all depends on the way my luck runs. Is what will happen first? Either she'll notice it, or she'll back into something. Yeah. Say, and of course, I'm hoping for the latter. <laughs> and then I'll jump if she does. I'll jump out of the car and I'll say, well, "It's no big deal. You just crack the bumper." She'll say, "What?" I say, "Yeah, I cracked the bumper." Oh no, no, no! That's not what I'll say. I'll get out. Get your I'll story straight, I'll say, Santa. Oh, no, no, I will. I'll go get out. I'll come back in the car and I'll say, it's no big deal. The bumper's cracked. There you go. That's the, exactly. You You don't say you cracked the bumper. You say no, it happened. The bumper's cracked. Yes. No, I won't even say that. I'll just cracked. state the fact. I won't say it happened. Right. Like the bumper was just cracked. That was a happening. Yes. I'm not going to say the bumper was cracked. I don't know when I didn't do it. For example. <laughs> it wasn't. You just ran into something and... Clearly, I didn't do it, but the bumper's correct. Yes, no. We have we, in 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 Spanish uh, the way you say, uh, "I dropped something." You say, "It fell from me," like the 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 action is from the object that fell, not from you. Like the uh, the subject of the sentence is is the thing that fell. Right. So, so it's like the beer's fault. It's all over the carpet. Right. It's like uh, the beer. The beer jumped out my, of my hand. My beer fell all over my keyboard. You know what? What what could I have done about it? Uh, it's not. Right. I I spilt the right. beer on my keyboard. Like, right, right. Like having to some of us. It's still a little sticky, well. but I'm surprised there are no uh, greater ill effects. Uh, you recently saw The Irishman. 
I did. I did. And, and uh, I have. And I figured out. Also. I figured out the uh, the technical problem that ruined the movie for me, and the cause of it. I've done all the research. I know what it is now, and uh, I've got to see it again because this technical glitch in the uh, showing of the movie on the particular screen I was using ruined the movie for me. Uh, but although I can, I still can, and, and of course will with you talk about the astounding performances uh so is the technical um, problem the the total lack of irish accents <laughs> well, well de niro de, yeah de niro i mean i don't know how hard or easy it would be to to detect an accent from a mumble but he does kind of at the end of the movie does kind of mumble his way through it uh in a striking conversation um, with uh, Jimmy Hoffa's wife, um, which it, which is an amazing thing because it's exactly how a guy who was guilty of the crime would stumble through that conversation. Mm-hmm. And even though one critic uh, derided it as, you know, breaking down into near comprehensive mumble, and I responded out loud as I read it, you fucking moron. That's you not know what a human people, would do. when people are upset and guilty that they mumble. Have you never mumbled? You're close to mumbling now and you're putting it in writing. But, you know, I, it, it's but the accent thing, I mean, he, he wasn't anywhere near. They didn't cover it, but it was clear he wasn't anywhere near first or second generation Irish. He had an Irish name, you know, but, but he uh, grew up in New York. So he had a New York accent. But wasn't the crime family, though? I mean, well, anyway. Crime family's Italian. Okay, okay. He was the only, he was the only yeah, Irishman which in the is in why the, hence the title, yes. And, the, and well, and hence the, 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 the scene in the trailer with the rings. Only three people have these, and only one of them's Irish. Right, 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 right. You know, which, uh, which by the way, before I forget, uh, we'll come back to this, is I want to talk about Ray Donovan. Which what sparked it in my brain was uh, Irish because one of the characters in there is a boxer who goes by the uh, name of uh, Black Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I want to talk about that because I'm in my I finished the first season of binging this past week, and there are five seasons, so I'm thankful there are 65 episodes. Wow! And I've done 12, and every one of them is is better than the last. But but back to the Irishman. So what are your thoughts? Well, I, at, at first, when I first saw young De Niro and young Pesci on the screen, it was it was very jarring. And it was very, uh, as I've referenced before, this uncanny valley of you're trying to use computers to make a human face and our brains are so wired to know what a human face looks like and moves like that it is jarring. Uh, at first, and, at and, first. And, it, and it looked it looked very 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 fake at first, but then you start following along with the story, and I sort of forgot about what age the the De Niro character was supposed to be because you know he went through from from supposedly super young where he still looked sort of fifty uh, to a little bit older to a little bit older, uh, and then all the way to. Uh, to being in the in the in the old folks home, uh, but it was. It's I I got over it. Like it's one of those things that in a movie it's something's very weird, and then as you're watching it, you sort of forget that that's weird. Right. And it, well, Pacino it sort of became was invisible never, to me. Pacino was never digit was never not digitized. Sure. He played Hoffa, who died at a younger age. So sure. and so uh, in that respect, that there wasn't because there wasn't a transformation. It was different. But I'll tell you that I, I, I'm somewhat critical of some of the camera work because I thought that it was it didn't need to be so long. And because it was so long, frankly, there were some parts of it that were a little boring. And while some would say, well, you know, it's a masterpiece and every second, every frame, et cetera, well, I'm not quite over the top with it with that. Um, but I will tell you that I think in, in my view, which is certainly uninformed and uneducated and therefore barely relevant, is that um, hey, you're on a Scorsese podcast. could have, 
Right, right. So, what do I need to know to do this? Yeah. Nothing. So what, what Scorsese could have done was he could have introduced the young De Niro in very, very short clips. Right. Instead of the extended scene when we had nothing better to do than but to notice the difference. If he'd done shorter clips that were longer and longer, one second and three seconds and six seconds, then then I think that we might not have gathered that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I just, it's, I'm surprised he didn't think of a genius that he is. So I don't know. I, it was, you know, the, the technical glitch I had was that television screens come prepackaged with a, uh, a showing uh, lighting oh, uh, variation. Oh, yes. Don't get me started on, on that's HD. Called, that's, yeah. It's ahead. called the soap opera. Effect. Yes, yes. Very good. And I know, and all, I know it, all about this. This is a super You do. Well, I, I wrote you, but you never responded. And then when you did respond, it was about a point that was already understood. So well, I just figured you were too busy to communicate be, with me. But. Be, I, I, because <laughs> you, you were writing about the soap opera effect, and I wrote back, Dios mío. But uh, you didn't. No, you didn't. No. You didn't write that back. Yeah, it was a fucking joke. We did it. Okay. Yes. Oh, it was a joke. You mean it was a lie? It, it, in the Trumpian sense, it was what a joke. You know how the the Spanish soap operas, there's always someone that is runs into the room and is like all surprised and is like, "Oh my God, Dios mío!" Anyway, uh, yeah. it, yes, that is. I really, really hate that about modern HD TV, uh, modern TVs, and I always. Just as a favor to anyone whose TV I ever have the remote control for, I always go and try and turn that off. Um, well, I, I, until this event, I have been un, I had been under, as you know, if you'd read my emails, I've been under the misconception that it was the type of film they used when they shot it or the technique they used when they shot it, and that's not at all true. And the comparison that I use to explain to you you know, another place you could go to see what I meant, as if you didn't know all about this, I didn't know that, I figured you might, was the Ozark mm-hmm. series. Yes. Which, little did I know even then, which is just a few days ago, that the reason that the Ozark series had the soap opera effect even more enhanced was because in my research I found that the director shot the, uh, the lighting with a blue tones. And those blue tones, including light blue tones, have the same kind of lightning effect of the soap opera effect, mm-hmm. which apparently is a pretty complicated algorithm that predicts the motion of the actor yep. and somehow does something to the framing. And, and that's one part of it. But then the other part of it is just the, the lighting of it, Yes, which is bright bluish and it looks... It looks well. It looks fake, like a soap opera. My my understanding of it is that uh, because you're because a lot of our media is gonna go ahead and guess twenty four frames per second. That like once you get to uh, once you get about over eighteen or twenty frames per second, uh, the the human brain stops noticing things as a slideshow and starts seeing it as motion. And most of our film, most of our movies are at 24 frames per second. But our TVs, especially, this is nice for video games, are up at 60 frames per second, which is really, really quick. Uh, and they're, what, they, what they do is the, the TV will uh, sort of take an average between two frames and sort of show that average frame between them so that it makes things look super smooth, which contributes to this fake effect effect like everything looks well everything looks plastic well and the thing that i was most material to me was the thing that was less addressed than any other aspect of it in in the in the writing that i saw and that is the shade of it so the way that i tried to describe it to you is that in goodfellas there's a certain richness and darkness to the to the film and it, uh, it, it is kind of typical, but The Godfather took that to a huge uh, pinnacle because it was dark with dark brown hues and lots of shadows 
and particularly uh, kind of dark, but not in any, any, any way too dark. So to see this like it was shot at high noon in fucking Tucson with everything real bright, right. it made it look like everything was set up as opposed to the more subdued lighting that you're used to that show shadows and darkness and, 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 and more, I guess the word is more, um, which is, which is, which is, which is, which is, I one can't of the guess things, the word, which is one of the things that's really difficult when you're rendering something in a, with a computer is to match the lighting and the tone of the scene where you're placing the 3d object. And that can get really complicated. Um, well, what's in- what's interesting about this phenomena is that when you see this effect, it actually one one thing I struggled with is the way to to describe it, and and this is what I've come to among others is that it was actually too realistic. It looked like, and I kept saying it looked like somebody was filming it with a video camera, but that would give you the idea that it was jerky and in quick yeah, motion, yeah. like. The, the, you know, the Blair Witch Project or something. That's not what I meant at all. What I should have said is the lighting is like shooting a video camera on a bright, sunny day. Right. That's not the look of a film. That's not the way you want your cinema to be. Yes. Yes. I, yes. So, uh, but this is what I said uh, to my son when he and I spoke about this. I said, well, that's what Scorsese gets for choosing to show this on a fucking television screen. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, and if I went to a theater and saw it, which I couldn't, I would have had to tra- travel to another state, which is weird. I don't even. I, it must have. It must have shown in. I'm sure it did in, in uh, 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 Detroit. I think it was in Birmingham. It was near Detroit. Um, the the one other issue that um, some of the really super tech video nerds that I that I follow uh, they get really upset that uh, because your movie footage your typical movie footage maybe not this particular uh, Netflix digitized thing but um, say you have a blu-ray of uh, apocalypse now or something uh, that that was framed that's that's was filmed in 24 frames per second and if you want to show it on your TV that shows 60 frames per second, that doesn't divide evenly. Like you can't, you can't do that. Um, but I've and, seen apocalypse now on a TV. Right. And it but, was fun. Yes. But if you're a super, if you're a super picky nerd about it, then what you want is a thing that can convert your TV to show in a multiple of 24, uh, so like, like 48 frames per second or something so that you're you're not getting any of that smoothing blurring effect um, because 24 goes into 48 perfectly exactly exactly well saying that it's nerdy is uh selling it short it's it, way beyond i didn't even know about this stuff till two days ago you weren't any help well if you had at all asked uh so right back I, look, 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 let the record reflect here. I wrote you three fucking emails. You sent, the me, only thing you sent you wrote, me three what? fucking links to articles. No. Huh? No. I wrote you, like, paragraphs. And you wrote me back something about direction. I mean, I don't know what you wrote me back. But I read it out loud. I said, what the fuck? So, I mean, you, you didn't even, it's that's, like, that's why we I have wrote a, you this email. I didn't even read it. That's why we have a weekly call huh? so we can speak to each other, like... Like humans, not. Well, I wanted some feedback. Bang on then. the keyboard. I was upset. Well, I, I apologize. Upset. Bang. Hey. Bang on the keyboard. I, I, <laughs> I, I briefly want to touch on uh, the actual content of the movie, not just the, oh. not just the technique. Um, the very, very last scene I found very uh, philosophically interesting. Of where he was left alone in the old folks' yes. home in the yes, and, and the long camera shot. But it was, uh, it, it was this question of uh, grief versus guilt, and how on you know on your deathbed, how do you feel about your decisions in your life, and are you sorry that you killed one of your best friends, uh, et cetera, et cetera? That was well. 
Well, so your premise is a bit uh, off, I, I believe, if I may. I don't, I don't know that you would call Jimmy Hoffa one of Sharon's best friends. The the way and let me give you the let me give you the proof of it. When he asked him to introduce him for his award, he did it in a way which showed that he viewed Hoffa as an icon and as a, uh, sure, a figure. Sure, sure, sure was a fanboy of, of, of superior in a superior position. Right. A best friend, if, if you have best friends, they want to be in a superior, inferior position. Right. Okay. They're, they're best friends. They're, they're equal footing. So, so if you want to reframe the question, I can, I can try to respond, but he, I'm not going to, I'm not going to honor or give your question any credibility <laughs> because okay. the premise is wrong. Okay. So he killed an idol. He killed his idol. Yes. You know, hypothetically, because none of this is proven. Uh, but yeah, so assuming that's that he did kill Hoffa. Uh, I don't think that's a good assumption, but let's stick with the story. In the story, in the story. he killed Hoffa. Therefore, it was a it wasn't a it wasn't a a biopic. It wasn't it was a it was a it was sort of like a Michener novel that is rooted in reality. Sure. Fine. So the Michener novels. The, but the, let's 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 get back to my my idea of uh, what do you think he was feeling when he was talking to his. So th- there's two there's two ways to to answer that and one is the way that De Niro interpreted it, and the other is a different is uh, what perhaps he was trying to do, because I think from the reading of it and from the interviews and uh you know there's so much uh material out there about this movie it's it's incredible um is that it is in fact supposed to be an ending around uh guilt and sorrow for deeds done etc but i will tell you this i don't think that de niro played it that way i think that de niro played it more as a question, his anguish was much more noticeable, notable in his conversation with, uh, I think her name was Joe Hoffa, mm-hmm. his wife, Jimmy Hoffa's wife. That anguish was the anguish of guilt. But later in the film, it was almost, almost more pragmatic as he was at that last scene where... Where the priest is, is saying... Uh, you know, hey, are do are you sorry for all your sins, et cetera, et cetera? And I think his, I think his, uh, I think the way that I read that whole thing, and I'll have to see it again. And, I'm, and I, I, I will, I, I will tell you, I likely will change my opinion about this. But the way that I felt about it at the time was that his response to that question of guilt and sorrow and asking for forgiveness was more like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't would, know. I mean, I'd probably uh, do it again. It was uh, it was my job, and you know, Russell Buffalino. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, Sharon had to, to had to choose between Russell and and Hoffa, mm-hmm. and he owed he owed his life to Russell, whereas Buffalino to, as whereas uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa was his hero right and his most respected men uh i don't know about mentor because it wasn't like hoffa was guiding him in any sense and pacino played it in such a uh gruff and and i think of just a a a a fabulous emotional portrayal i mean he ate up every scene he was in he was (laughs) i mean i think he was he was astounding yes but I think I, I think Gruff so, describes all of Pacino's work. But sure, because Pacino's pretty uh, pretty fucking gruff. I don't know. All Have right, you anyway. seen the uh, movie where where he played the uh, uh, the scent of a woman? Uh, you should see that, and, and then and then talk to me about what you just said. Okay. Because you you gave an absolute, and I know it's you. 
be careful about absolute. Uh, the other the other thing that he expressed was um, was feeling sort of like he had been a shitty dad to especially his daughter, his one daughter that was only the only one that was important in the whole film. Uh, so uh, the one who spoke seven words. Yeah. The care the 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 flap on all that I think is just total bullshit in this uh, age of uh, I don't know what the fuck. It's oh, there, like, there's a bunch of flap look, about she didn't get much of a. Dialogue. Oh my god! Oh, Google it. She'll put it in the show notes. There's like there's like ten fifteen articles about it, interviews about it, responses from course Scorsese, oh, from De Niro, and it's just all this bullshit. You know what I say? The fucking character had seven words in the fucking screenplay. You know what Anna Pequina said? I was honored to be in the film, and it was a tremendous honor. And I have nothing but praise for what they did, and I hope that my role fulfilled what they expected. Of course, right? For for someone for someone to and, and you know and the, the the rant on this, which is a historical uh, aspect of it, is that Scorsese has been criticized for having only strong male characters and few strong female characters with. Uh, Sharon Stone in Casino as the the outlier, mm-hmm. um, but I don't, uh, you know, look, he's shoot, he's he's shooting movies about Italian Americans and about the uh, the, the patriotic patriotic the, the patriarchs of patriarch patriarchal <laughs> innovative innovative the innovative, innovative. patriarchal. Fathers, it's it's what it's what is the truth of the gener of that time of that generation. And so, uh, well, not 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 just generational by any by any means, but also cultural and also ethnic. We're talking about you know Sicilians for Christ's sake. All right, you know, I mean the the old ladies are dressed in black and feed them feed them bread and and, and, what Sicilians. The, the, so if you, uh, the quote did that, you put your Stratocaster away? My Telecaster is your Telecaster has not yet uh, arrived via Santa. I mean, it it's in the house it's here. I got it, the video. I got the snapshot. But it's not. Did you uh, see my uh, my communication on uh, the Led Zeppelin tune? On the Led Zeppelin tune, I sent you a a, 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 a training video on Led Zeppelin tune. Apparently, my email is is blocking half of what the So we have other things to discuss. I totally, I blame you. I've started watching. It's a good start. I've who's gonna who's gonna watch them. The Watchmen. I've been watching the Watchmen. Season finale. Season finale on Sunday. Really, I'm I'm through episode six. I think. Uh, I think maybe there's what eight or eight or nine in the in the season. I think eight. I think yeah. Eight. So, so I'm a little bit behind, but uh, it's you hooked. I I don't I don't I don't love it, but I'm but it. But you're, but I'm, you're drawn. But I'm I'm tickled by it in a way that you're hooked. You're I, hooked. I want to see the next thing. Like I don't I don't know. It's super super weird. Each episode. This is. Tell me if you believe this is true. Each episode leaves you less confused and more curious. Okay, I can give you that. Sure. The. Um, so imagine that I'm in number seven waiting for number eight and there's so many issues oh that not, are now explained they're, they're not going to resolve everything by the end of the season but um yes well well i don't know about what you mean by everything well, but there's certain there's certain questions that you already have about what is the actual what is the what what are, what are the facts around um the martian um i right? like what's his name dr manhattan Dr. Manhattan. He's a Martian. Yeah. See, that's the thing that I I don't know anything about Dr. Manhattan. I haven't Googled yes, him or do. anything. 
Well, you've how many episodes have you seen? Like six. I know that there's a guy that lives on Mars that that our FBI agent uh, used to be married to that she still sort of talks to and tells stupid jokes to. Uh, not unlike this podcast. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, and uh, <laughs> it's. It, so I, I, well, I and, and we, apparently actually we haven't told the joke at all, stupid or not. Oh, we should think of one oh, now that uh, you mentioned it. I, I heard a really terrible joke the other day that I guess we will stick in here. How does a bald man run his fingers through his hair? Don't know. He cuts a hole in his pocket. Oh, that's risque. Isn't it though? That's risque. <laughs> That's risque. It reminds me of to, of a story that that I've always been uh, related to, but I've always been very curious about it because, and I'll tell you why in, uh, at the end of it. But so you know, my brothers and I all go on these fishing trips every year, and uh, one year um, I had just bought a pair of jeans that was blue and white stripes. And they were extraordinary um, and just because very unusual. And I picked them up at a secondhand store somewhere. But I said something to my brothers about them. And I made note to them that what I really liked about the pants was the pockets were extraordinarily deep so that stuff would never fall out, much deeper than regular jeans. I mean, like an inch deeper. Right. These are deep, deep pockets. That's... And so one, one, one People night. People always say you have deep pockets. Uh, the pockets. The pocket. Tupac? My new... No. Tupac. So, Continue. Sorry. Anyway, I put I, I come back from fishing. We shower up, and I, I put on my jeans, my striped jeans. And as I'm putting them on, we're all there in the living room or whatever. I have them on. I come out with them on, and I reach into my pocket. And they had cut both pockets out so that there were no bottom to them at all. No. Now, here, here was the curious thing. They all thought, all three of them, they thought that this was the most hilarious thing that had ever happened in the planet, in the history of the world. They were literally rolling on the floor laughing about me discovering that they had cut the pockets out of my new jeans. And yes. to this to this day, I don't fully understand it. I can understand why a prank of this type was was humorous, but I don't know. Had uh, you been had you been bragging about oh, I've got well, the deepest just, pockets? Well, just the one time I just yeah. mentioned it, and that's that is the hook, right? Obviously, that I said I love these pockets because they're the deepest pockets. Well, now they're deeper than ever before. Whatever. Bottomless. But it's one thing for it to be funny, but it's another thing to be. I mean, rolling on the floor, funny. Yeah, <laughs> I think they thought what they did was funnier than what I felt about it. I don't know. <laughs> that's the, the way friendship is. Sometimes that sort of thing. Happens. No, these are not my friends. These are my brothers. Well, even more so. One one thing I wanted to go back to with the with the Watchmen was um, when I first moved to Spain. It was really strange for me to see on the news uh, policemen arresting people. Uh, typically, it was arresting Basque terrorists, and the police all had on ski masks. They had they you couldn't identify their faces. Here in Spain. In Spain, and and that was so strange to me. But it was because uh, the Basque terrorist network wa- would target. Uh, target the police that arrested their their tribe and so they would the police would wear especially in front of the news media would wear uh these ski masks where you couldn't see their faces and it was it was the first time i saw it it was like that's really strange but is that is that singular to spain I don't. I don't know. Uh, I I've, I've never seen it anywhere else. I've never else. heard of it before. But I've never I'm, seen it I'm anywhere stunned. else. But then I'm stunned that it's the premise of the. It's obviously the premise of the watcher. Exactly. That exactly. Aspect. And I. I really appreciated the. Um, there was one part where they sort of explained. Uh, they sort of said, "This is how it started," because some guy had a had a 
uh, thing over his head that he uh, that he cut holes in and then used to and then put that on when he beat up some cops or, or some well or some but you, you've learned you've learned the story of that right that but but the, it was wearing white makeup around his eyes say that again that is a black man with a mask on mm-hmm. a bag over his head wearing white makeup around his eyes and the white supremacist that he hangs around with do not know right. that he's kicking ass of their enemies for common sure. reasons as a black man right you've you see you you know that much yes but and what was what was his name uh the 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 masked avenger the something well yeah anyway, anyway. But, but it was uh but i i was very much reminded of this thing that used to happen now now the basque terrorist organization uh eta or eta has uh has pretty much disappeared into the woodwork but um but before like 10 years ago that was a huge huge thing and they would whenever they would track someone down sometimes they would like even when they went across the border into france to arrest some people uh all the police would have on these masks and but full full masks not not the half masks of the watchman ski masks yeah you couldn't see which are full head masks sure rather than the half mask of the watchman balaclava or whatever that word is but the the in the watchman the mask come up over their mouth to their nose it's not a ski mask yes it's a half mask okay and you're saying ski mask yes i want to make sure you know what you're saying well i want to make sure you don't mean a half mask you mean a full mask over the head yes one of the characters in the police force wears a ski mask the russian yes with the red ski mask yes everybody else Except for the mirror, the glass, the yeah, the, glass uh, guy, yeah. His name's Glass. Uh, his nick is Nick Looking Glass. Yeah, Looking Glass. His nickname's Looking Glass. Yes. Um, and she calls him the detective. Calls him mirror, the mirror guy. Yes. She's great. She's she's something. She's amazing. Yes, I. Yep. She's something. And, and I will tell you that as you get further and deeper in the episodes, I'm in number seven. So I'm at the you know the one before the end. If I've got the number right. It's it's twisted turns. Every um, episode has su- amazing surprises, unexpected. I don't know what why we expect things to happen a certain way. Remember in the Game of Thrones, I guess you weren't uh, an aficionado. I've- Hello, podcast listeners. I would like to talk to you briefly about how you could help us continue to do this wonderful podcast about. TV shows, and our lives in general. I would like for you to go to patreon.com slash happy hour and to pledge some support. That would mean the world to us so that we can continue to do this. And we would love to have you as one of our members. So thank you very much. And now I will quickly return you back to the silliness that we were discussing, whatever that was. I think it's about Watchmen. Shh. No spoilers. The thing about Game of Thrones was that in like in the first three episodes, Ned Stark was the primary character. You couldn't believe it when he was beheaded. Right. And his character was done. You kind of settled in to thinking that this great actor, uh, his name is... Uh, Sean Bean. Sean Bean was out of it. But but of course he came back in, in in ghost form or remembrance or memory form as well. But he was in it for, forever. Uh, but as a, as as the main character that he was gone and it happened again and again and again. And so when you've got an eight episode series as opposed to Game of Thrones, which went on forever years, right? Which Watchmen doesn't. There's there's no expectation. That there's going to be a, a, another Watchmen. It's an eight. It's an eight series. I bet. Any more? Well, we can bet all you want. But the it's just like Big Little Lies was sort of where Big Little Lies, the last episode, led you to believe that it was a setup, and in fact it was for the next right series. And of course, Meryl Streep jumping in at the end was stunning. 
But who knows what we'll see uh, with the Watchmen in terms of what the expectation is there. But uh, so I, I have a question. I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm glad you're hooked. What the fuck is up with Jeremy Irons' character? Well, well, is, is that so, is that is that concurrent in the timeline, or is it before, yes. or and it's concurrent. And also, uh, the, the other thing I wanted to talk about with the Watchmen, what number are you in? What episode? I've watched. I think I'm on number six now. Uh, oh. the steampunk anachronistic uh, I'm always fascinated by these attempts at looking at the future but without like like these people have pagers right but then they also have these 3D holograms in the museum and it doesn't it doesn't fit with our chronology of technology chronology of technology do you know what year do you know what year the Watchmen and the uh, the the activity. Uh, what year it takes place in? In in with this series, what year it's supposed to be in? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Two thousand nineteen. Okay. I've been to that year. The year the year in the Watchmen in the main storyline is two thousand nineteen. In a reimagined two thousand. It, it wait it. It was in the original comic from long ago. Imagine. No, no, no. I don't know about the original comic. Okay. I know that the series right. takes place. The sure. Main fine. Storyline takes place in 2019. But they, in, in, in an altered reality, of course. Right. Obviously. Of course. And and they have this. It's super interesting how some tech is there and some isn't. Like they don't have smartphones, which would be well. No, no, they don't. I've been watching a bunch of uh, series from the from the from the Apple uh, campus, but um, yeah, they don't they don't have smartphones. Like they just have these pagers, and then but then they also have uh, these these 3D holograms and this DNA technology and flying hover shit, and it's very curious how they because like for example. Uh, in Back to the Future, famously Back to the Future Two, where they went where they went forward to to, to 2015, and they imagined what 2015 would look like, and we had flying cars. And but what? Yeah. But the but the, but the really funny thing that we had was uh, was that the that's the Marty character uh, had like 15 different fax machines in his house because we all assumed in 1985. Or no, I guess that came out in in the night in the late nineteen eighties. We all assumed that the future was going to just be full of fax machines, and we were going to have everyone. I suppose a, a rich a rich person was going to have twenty fax machines in their house because that is what the technology. I didn't know that. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So so whenever he gets fired from his from his job, he gets like ten different faxes in his in his house, saying, "Hey, you're fired." So <laughs> anyway, so it's curious to see what what uh, what, what, what ideas, right. uh, but but this is this is. Not even that. It's this is what people are a mad like because this was written in you know 2018 for 2019. They knew they know what the tech is, but they chose these different paths of how progress could have been made. So, so these flying car uh, predictions, yes, have been rampant uh, in the science fiction since the 1950s. 50s. Sure, and it's always predicted to have happened. Long before now, yep. Long before now, and it's interesting how the automobile industry has certainly made sure that hasn't happened. But no one ever talks about the the fucking logistics, like the air traffic control logistics of. Like it's great if no one can, no one has a flying car except for you. You're the one person that has a flying car, and you can you can fly your car to your to your office and park, and you're all good to go. But if everyone, if all the cars that are on the streets now are up in the air flying, it's a fucking mess. And you're going to end up. Did you see uh, I mean, did you see Blade Runner? Of course. Blade Runner sort of does a little bit of that with the most than anybody to sort of demonstrate that. Yeah, you're going to have these roads in the sky, which will also Layers. have traffic jams and. Layers. Right. I thought Blade, the, the first the Blade Runner, which is the name of the first movie, was was the epitome of a prediction of flying cars and, in a logistically 
Cold, the best, the best. Way. Yes. Cold do you know? Do you know when Blade that movie was set? What? What? Two thousand twelve. That movie was set in November two thousand nineteen. Ah. So. Just happened. It where where we are post Blade Runner, and. What was the second one called? That was I, pretty I, stunning. I, I can't tell if you're a replicant, yet, but maybe with another Me? episode. Yeah. I am. Okay. Well. I am. I cut my arm off yesterday and reattached a new one. Got I mean, rid of my you cut your arm off on episode two, but presumably you've... <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you ever post pictures that, that of was, my wound? Yes, and I, I, got a, I got someone, I got a complaint saying, you can't make that the, the show art for that episode. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> Did you, get, you got a complaint. I got a complaint. Well, Way so back, I don't know if you know this, but but um, during that whole event, my brothers, you know, I was sending them pictures, and uh, one of the pictures I sent was one I found <laughs> on the web. I think you might have mentioned that, this. I may have said, yeah, I may have that yeah. that looked like a guy had taken a a, a a saw and cut his arm open from elbow to fingers, including the hand and the fingers. Oh, Jesus! And like a thousand stitches that were done. By someone who used not thread, right. but black string, <laughs> and all red and pussy and just terrible, and sent it to my brothers. And one of my brothers said, "Oh, <laughs> like, oh my God, that's really bad." <laughs> Even though I had sent him real pictures during the surgery, well, because we took pictures. My wife took pictures during the surgery. Maybe, maybe that's why they thought you didn't need bottoms in your pockets, so you could have your. That like, was uh, years ago. Got the timeline all wrong. Okay. That was years ago. It was a decade ago. I was two. That was twenty years ago. Fine. Sorry. I didn't. You didn't set up the story in a way that I knew. Don't don't well don't Fuck. make assumptions. Okay. Well, I. You don't. You I don't assume, have a lot. You don't, I. You don't I, have a I, lot. I make an ass out of you and me every episode. So. You all make I do, you do what? I make an ass out of you and me. Wow. That's what you do when you That's assume. Like a, Ah, a little little word pun there. You've never heard that? Uh, when you assume, no. you, make, well, you make an ass out of you and me. A-S-S-U-M-E. Huh. You know, now that you say it, I think I do remember hearing it, and now I know why I forgot it. Because it's fucking stupid? Well, hey, I'm not casting aspersions. I ain't throwing shade on you, as they say in the current media. Yes, So I'm... I don't need sunglasses with all the shade that you throw. Well, and so... Um, and also because I'm just might, cool without them. <laughs> you might be surprised to learn. We've been talking for an hour, and in fact, my beer is almost gone. Oh, no. And it's time to bid adieu. Adieu. Is that, is that what you said at your wedding? Adieu. 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 You should slap me. Yes, well. She annoyed me. That's it for episode 38. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 038. And this should be going up right around Christmas and or Hanukkah, depending on your persuasion. And we would like to wish you a lovely solstice holiday. Don't forget that you can go to patreon.com slash happyhour and... Give us a little Hanukkah Christmas gift of your own, and we would very much appreciate that. And we will see you maybe still in 2019, but if not, see you next year. Bye, guys.